Glory be to God. Glad you're here tonight. How many are ready for some word? Oh, hallelujah. Thank God we've been learned to be soldiers. Amen. How many know he didn't redeem you to fail at life, but he's redeemed you to win at life? And so I want you to start off, if you have your Bibles, I want to start with this scripture. I love this scripture. in Psalms 18. If you have someone to take notes on your phone or paper, any way, something in front of you there, take some notes tonight. But I want you to see this in Psalms chapter 18. This is something for you to write down. And this is like, this is something that you could say is a sword to use in the midst of battle. I'm going to read this in the Living Bible. And, and you know, how many you know that he wrote the word for you to use it personally? And it says here in Psalms 18, verse 17. He rescued me from my powerful enemies. How many can just say that? You rescued me, O Lord, from powerful enemies. My, he says, my powerful enemies. How many are facing something that's been powerfully against you, maybe for years, years. From those who hated me, and listen to what he says here, and were too strong for me. Did you ever feel like there's addiction that's too strong for you to ever break? Is there anything that's something you have faced that you thought, this is just too strong for me? I'll never get the victory over this. Now listen to this, verse 18. They attacked me. At a moment when I was in distress. How many of you ever felt, God, why is this happening to me? Everything is collapsing around me. It's bad enough that I hear this or this happens. But now I'm having this type of attack through my children, through my marriage, through my finances. I, 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 I'm going through this. I got this report from the doctor, but now I've been told I'm being let go from my job. They attacked me, those that, my powerful enemies, they attacked me at my moment when I was in distress, when I was just, listen, already so stressed out, I couldn't take anymore. That's when the enemy says, now we can get them. But look what it goes on to say, but, somebody shout out, but, the Lord supported me. Come on. They hated me, my powerful enemies. They surrounded me. They thought they were waiting for me to be at my weakest moment when I was discouraged, when there's been nobody around to encourage me, when I felt like I may as well give up, but the Lord supported me. He led me, listen to this, verse 19, he led me to a place of safety. He rescued me. Somebody shout out rescue. He rescued me. He rescued me because he delights in me. And verse 20, the Lord rewarded me for doing right. Man, what a revelation. I'm surrounded by enemies that are attacking me, and I don't know why. I'm not only getting it from one side, I'm getting it from another. And it's not only people I work with, but now it's people I come home to. It seems like everything that could go wrong is going wrong with my life. The Lord has led me to a place of safety. And it says here, he rescued me because he delights in me. The Lord rewarded me for doing right. Listen, you just keep doing right. Job's, look at Job. Job lost everything. But he says, I still will not use the Lord's name in vain. I still will not curse God. Keep doing what's right. He rewarded me for doing what's right. And he restored. Somebody shout out restoration. He restored me because of my innocence. The attack against you is so that you just leave the life that God's called you to leave, live. 
He attacks you in the weakest moment where you feel like you may as well just give up. And it's like, there's no way I'm ever getting out of this alive. He's attacking you when you feel like, what else can come up? Come, what else can go wrong in my life? I feel like just giving up. And you read this. And I, I want to give you some things today that I hope will get in your heart. And this is for you ladies too. You, you ladies are called to be warriors. How many lady warriors do we have in the house today? Whoa, man, that was good. How many princess warriors do we have in the house tonight? Oh, no, no, no. Okay. We stick with the lady warriors then. How many manly warriors do we have in the house tonight? How many Spartans are in the house tonight? Yeah, there we go. Well, let me just say this. This is a quote from the Spartans. If you want to enjoy... The spoils to come, prepare now. If you want to enjoy the victory that's to come, prepare now. If you want to enjoy the spoils to come, prepare now. And that's what you're doing on Wednesday nights. You're preparing. And it's not supposed to be easy because you're hated by an enemy that hates you very much. But he wants you to prepare now, no matter what size the enemy you'll end up facing. David just didn't face the giant. David first, he faced the lion and the bear for the enemy that he was going to face that caused Israel to, be, to go up to a whole other level. You prepare now. And I want you to see this. It says here, Spartans excuse without penalty the warrior who loses his helmet or breastplate in battle. How many know we've been studying about the weapons of our warfare, the breastplate, the helmet? Look what it says here. Spartans will forgive their soldiers if they lose their helmet or they lose their breastplate. But punish with loss of all citizenship rights the man who discards his shield because a warrior carries helmet and breastplate for his own protection, but his shield is for the safety of the whole line. The Lord says, take up the whole armor of God. So we don't have any excuse to lay any of it down. But I want you to see the Spartans here. As you know, this is the 300 that stood their ground against Hundreds of thousands of the enemy. And they stood their ground for three days. But let me tell you something that you may not know. They didn't only stand their ground for their families and for their society. Because of that day, the United States of America has its form of government, its form of military, its form of entertainment, and its form of media because of those 300. If those 300 would have been destroyed and all of Greece would have been destroyed because of their destruction, America would not be, the West would not be what it is today if it wasn't for the 300. That's the legacy that they bought us by standing in the line. And the mothers would bless the shields of their sons and they would say, may you come back holding your shield or may you be brought back dead upon your shield but you better have your shield in hand or I will disown you as my child. A mother would disown their child if she would find their child come back from war without their shield. You know, what? you know why? Because if you don't have your shield, you've ran away from the battle. Therefore, the mother would just say, I disown you. You never let the shield go. Somebody shout out the shield of faith. You never let the shield of faith go. Now, I want you to see something here. 
there were no weight scales in Sparta. The armor weighed 64 pounds. The shield weighed 20 pounds. Your fitness results were measured in what you were capable and how long you could do it. In other words, they would practice and they would train so that they could be some of the best warriors ever. A lot of our military and tactics and studies are upon being able to stand their ground and were taken from the Spartans. Many times we get this mentality in church where, you know, I've got my little New Testament, my little Gideon New Testament, and it's cute, it's red, it's blue, it's black, it's red. And I go to Sunday school and I got my paperwork, but I brought something I wanted to show you. After church, and I want to invite you to come, this is a 20-pound weight. I want to invite you to come afterwards, anybody, men and women. And I want you to grab this weight and realize that these men would carry this 20 pounds over their head, in front of them, all through the hours of the day. They were never to let their shield go. And they would have to practice with 20 pounds all day long, sometimes all night long. They never were allowed to let their shield go. And how many of you know it gets heavy and you want to just drop it? You just want to discard it? You want to say, is, is it really worth me holding on to these 20 pounds this long? But if you want to be the warrior you're called to be, you will practice and you will stand and you will learn to endure no matter how long the battle goes. You will practice, you will read the word, you will pray, you will fast, you will be in church. You will do what you have to do to be the warrior God has called you to be. And yes, it gets heavy, and yes, it's easy just to say, you know, I'm going to leave it here because I want you to come see how heavy that is. 20 pounds, that's not much, but you hold it like that for hours. You hold it over your head, you hold it in front of you. But that sword was not only to protect you, that shield was not only to protect you, that shield was to protect the people alongside of you, your family, your friends. And God wants, he says, I will restore. I believe God wants to restore the shield of faith in front of your life so that the fiery darts of the enemy will not continue to come against you and destroy you as they have. The things that the enemy has been trying to bring against you. And to tell you that you're not going to make it. And yes, you get battle weary. And yes, you feel like giving up. And yes, things get hard and it gets heavy. But God wants to teach you endurance. But he wants you to be, as Paul said, well-armed soldiers of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And know how to use your weapons. And know how to be able to fight. Because how many of you know... If we're not destroyed this month, as they say we will be, we will continue to live. But days are going to get harder. And God wants us to learn how to be able to stand and stand against all the walls of the enemy. We've got to stand and resist the restrictions and break off the restrictions. And I, I shared with you that the word gates, the gates of hell will not prevail. The word gates means narrow, a narrow place where there's hardly any room to move. And so with that, I want to show you this video clip and I want to bring something out of this. Constantly tested, tossed into the wild, left to pit his wits and will against nature's fury. It was his initiation, his time in the wild, for he would return to his people as Spartan. Or not at all.
wolf begins to circle the boy. Claws of black steel, fur as dark night, eyes glowing red, jewels from the pit of hell itself. Savoring the scent of the meal to come. It's not fear that grips him. Only a heightened sense of things. The cold air in his lungs. Windswept pines moving against the coming night. His hands are steady. His form. Perfect. I bet you never thought you'd see something like that in church, did you? But I thought, I've got to make a point. Number one, there are some demons you are going to have to kill yourself alone. There are some places in that refined place where you're not going to better just call somebody to be with you at all times. You can't live at church. You can't always live with somebody encouraging you. There will be times you will be facing those enemies alone for you either to be destroyed or you to destroy them. And these young men were trained to be warriors, to fight, to win, to beat the obstacles, to beat the things that discourage them and want them to just run home or quit or be killed. And God wants us to learn how to be warriors because those wolves represent, as we understand, we're the sheep and the enemy's the wolves. But yet God has given us weapons in the midst of wolves to be able to destroy them. Can I hear an amen? amen. And I want you to see that wolf as an example of fear. I wanted you to see that wolf as an example of discouragement. I want you to see that wolf as an example of anything that is trying to come at you at any time of your life and trying to destroy you is something that God has given you the weapons to take down. Those areas and that God wants to build and rebuild in your life. Quickly, I'm going to give you two scriptures. I'll just read them to you. Isaiah 58 verse 12 says, And they shall be of thee shall be built the old waste places and thou shalt raise up the foundations of many generations and that shall be called the repairer of the breach the restorer of paths to dwell in other words where if other of your family members and friends have failed you're going to win other people were taken out because they didn't take the enemy out but you're going to learn to fight to better destroy that which was in generations past so that you can go free from that generational lineage that keeps bringing you down so that you can be free in Jesus' name. And it goes on to say in Isaiah 61, verse 3, verse 4, it says, They shall be called oaks of righteousness. And I thought right away, they shall be oaks. How many of you know an oak is not Charlie Brown's little Christmas tree? Some Christians look as frail as Charlie Brown's Christmas tree. God says, I want you to be as mighty as oaks. 
You're the righteousness of God. I want you to be unmovable. I want you to bear fruit. I want you to see that you shall be called oaks of righteousness, not twigs. And they will build the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. And will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations, other generations. And you shall be called priest of the Lord. How many are priests of the Lord tonight? And you will be named the ministers of our God. You're ministers of God. You're priests of the Lord. You represent the holiness of God. And I shared with you last week, I won't go over them long. You could go back and look last week about the words used in the Bible to talk of demonic oppressions. And we read the word afflict, which means to inflict upon someone something hard to endure. The word harass means you're rated upon. The word influence means you're affected by intangible means to, to hurt you in the condition, the development of your spirit man. Oppression, which means to lower you in the spirit or mood, to cause your body severe pain and mind. The word torture means to be inflicting excruciating pain to try you means to subject you to stress to worry means to disturb your peace of mind and and persistent torment the devil is a tormentor and then a wrong means to inflict injury uh, upon another without justification the enemy doesn't have to have a reason to attack you he's just your enemy day in day out you may say what am i doing wrong doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong just the enemy wants to take you out no matter how heavy that shield or that armor gets, you need to leave it on so you can stand and you can fight the enemy. And I shared with you that some of the hidden enemies, you saw that young man was walking towards that cave. He didn't see the wolf at first, but it didn't mean the wolf wasn't there. You wonder, how is this happening to me? You may not have seen it coming, but it came. Now you've got to know how to make it go away. And I share that one of the words was torment, which means to have a panic attack, a sense of dread, uh, sensing a, catast a catastrophe, physical symptoms that make ones feel like they're about ready to die, feel like it's panic or fear. It, it feels like apprehension, a nagging, a nagging concern about the future, chronic weakness, the inability to sleep. And when sleep comes, it's plagued by nightmares. How many of you know God did not redeem you to not be able to sleep or to live with nightmares? He wants you to live a free life. Then I looked at the word terror. And the word terror means to be stark with fear. It means to have anxiety attacks, panic attacks. It speaks about being in a depressed, low spot in your life. To be in a deep hole of depression and feel like you're so steep you're falling off of a cliff. It speaks of clinical depression. It speaks of things that you cannot withdraw from because it seems like it's constantly upon you. It makes you feel helpless. If you're crying out in reoccurrence thoughts of death and suicide. You're gaining weight. Your sleep is disturbed. Insomnia. Uh, you're, you're, you're having menstrual problems. Uh, loss, loss of sexual desire. There's so many things that attacks in this area of terror. And many times we're wondering, you know, what's wrong with me? You know, maybe I need this or maybe the doctor needs to give me this. And many times we, we find all kinds of symptoms in our body where it may become to the root of terror that the, just a terror attack is trying to bring us down. Say, I've been free from that. Now, let me give you, for example, bitterness. Bitterness comes with unforgiveness and anger. You go, why am I so angry? Why, why, why am I flying off like this? What's wrong? Well, maybe it's not just a spirit of anger. Maybe something happened and you're bitter about it. And with bitterness comes torment, rage, violence, 
murder, hate, retaliation. You see, these are little enemies we don't always pay attention to, but these are the things the wolf comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And we live this life and we go, well, you know, maybe if I just go to a counselor. A counselor may help you find a few answers, but it's not going to kill the things that have been trying to kill you. Maybe it's a bitterness thing and you go back and you ask the Holy Spirit, listen to me. You ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, show me what is the root of my situation? And he may give you the word, the spirit of bitterness. What is bitterness? Unforgiveness, torment, rage, violence, death, murder, hate, retaliation. Listen to this. Bitterness, the spirit of unfairness. Well, it just wasn't fair. Mama loved her more than me. It's not fair. They seem like their life is just working for them. And before you know it, because you feel like your life's unfair, it's easy to fall into the root of bitterness and be angry. Instead of celebrating, like the Bible says, other people's victories, you're angry because where is mine? Why can't I be blessed like that? You hear it in this. Oh, pastor, when my, pill, my head hits the pillow, I fall fast asleep. And you hear people go, I sure wish I could do that. And if we're not careful, that could open the door to unfairness, which opens the door to bitterness, which opens the door to unforgiveness, which opens the door for violence, which opens the door for anger that goes all the way to bitterness because I'm not treated fairly by God, by others. Well, my husband never sends me any flowers. Well, my wife never cooks for me a good meal. That feeling of unfairness. Then to the area of revenge. Then we get tense. And we wonder, why am I having migraines? Listen to this. They've proven that the spirit, the root of bitterness can even open the doors not only for migraines, but for sinus problems. Pastor, anoint me for all and pray because I'm having my sinus problems. No, maybe you have a problem with bitterness and you don't know it. Unseen enemies have been keeping you and family members down for generations. What's the root of my problem? How many want to get to the root of what may be the real issue we're dealing with here? Sinus problems. They even say that bitterness can affect your skin and cause eczema, itch. Us, eczema, yeah, whatever you call it. That uh, bitterness can cause intestinal problems, which can cause ulcers or other diseases. Allergies, allergies, cancer, bladder problems, ear problems, female problems, the spirit of infirmity, pain, chronic pain. All of this comes from the spirit of bitterness. And so when I'm asking, I'm claiming, listen, I'm claiming the word of God. By his stripes, I am healed. The Holy Spirit says, let's take a walk down memory path. No, 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 no. Just heal me. He says, I want to heal you. But I'm just not going to lift the spirit of infirmity off of you. I'm going to take you to the root of why there's an infirmity in you. I just don't want to heal the sickness. I want to heal you. 
I want you whole spirit, soul, and body. Because guess what? If you don't destroy the root, your family will continue the fruit. And he says, I want to restore. I want to restore what's been going on from generation to generation to generation. So it's not just I need a healing. I need a deliverance. Come on, this is good stuff. Because we're in a real battle. And it's not, we don't want to go superficial, just, you know, thank God by the stripes of Jesus I'm healed. I claim that every day, but yet at the same time, if it doesn't go away, maybe that's not the problem. Maybe it's a heart problem. I'm not treated fairly. Spirit of bitterness. So we just, Lord, if I'm bitter, I want you to show me. I repent of that bitterness in Jesus' name. Okay, let's hit, let's hit this. Insecurity or an inferior complex. Well, I'm just inferior. I'm just insecure because of the way I was treated. Well, let's find out. Were you abused? Do you know that insecurity can cause your development to be arrested? We pray for our child. God, my child's not doing good in school. I pray the spirit of excellence, and I ask you to, to help my child do better at school. Well, it may not be an IQ problem. Have you ever thought about coming against the spirit of an inferior or an insecurity problem that may be causing the arrested development in school? Hmm. Here's another one that comes from insecurity on theory that breaks, opens with the spirit of fear. Withdrawal. Textbook, right here. Why are they so withdrawn? It could be their temperament, yes. But it could be that everybody's better than them. Even though they never said it, maybe they feel it. Maybe being bullied or put down. They feel insecure, they feel inferior, so they just withdraw. Because they're just not as good as everybody else. Opens the door to be a loner. Opens the door to feel that they're affected, a lonely spirit. Nobody loves me, nobody accepts me, I'm just alone. They live in a constant fear of failing. And listen to this. Why doesn't, you hear people say, why doesn't my husband, my wife, my children accept responsibility? An inferior complex can open the door of escape and responsibility. I don't accept responsibility for my actions. I don't expect, accept responsibility for my deeds. I cannot accept responsibility because deep down I have an inferior complex that's not allowing me to do it. So that causes fleeing responsibility. Why is that kid always getting out of doing what he's supposed to? We just need to beat them more. Well, maybe that wouldn't hurt, but at the same time, if it's an insecurity feeling, beating them's not going to fix it because he feels like a loner. He feels like he can't do it right. He's being beaten down. She's being brought down. They're being feel like it's nothing. So they're fleeing responsibility. They cannot accept the responsibility. Why? Because they feel inferior and insecure. They know they're a failure deep down inside. 
Why even try when I know I'm not going to do it right? Why even accept responsibility when I've never done nothing right in my life? And it keeps a person from even trying because why? I'll never be able to do it anyway. And then, because of a, listen to this, because of an inferior, uh, inferior complex or insecurity, it causes someone who's been an abusive, listen to what I'm going to say here. Why does that lady go back to another person just like the one she just left that beat her? Why do you leave one abusive situation to another? The reason, inferior complex. Because deep down, somebody's believing this is what I really deserve because of what I've been or what I've done. So a person leaves an abusive situation and gets right back in another abusive situation because they don't understand. They go, why do I keep attracting the same type of men? Why do I keep attracting the same type of women? Well, maybe it's n not the enemy or your looks or maybe it's in fury or maybe it's insecurity. And that opens the door to be a vagabond which opens the door for addictions of drugs, alcohol, street drugs, and tranquilizers. And Jesus said, I've come to set the captives free. And it's so easy when we have these issues that we don't really know about or understand or really took the time to dig out. We keep saying, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? What's wrong with them? What's wrong with them? What's wrong with them? And from one relationship, one job, one situation to another, always blaming other people when maybe there's a root inside of me that needs to be uprooted so that he can build what needs to be built. Can I give you one more? Let me just give you one more. This is, this is important. Self-pity. Bless you. Self-pity. Listen to what Saul said in 1 Samuel 22, 8. All of you has conspired against me. This is a person many times everybody's against me. Saul was that type of person. Not everybody was against Saul, but Saul thought everybody was against him. And it says here, all of you have conspired against me, and there is no one with me. My son has made a covenant with the son of Jesse. Listen to what he says here. And there is not one of you who is sorry for me. Right out of the scripture. Right out of the scripture. And there is not one of you who is sorry for me. All of you have conspired against me. My own son has conspired against me. Nobody is with me because nobody feels sorry for me. Y'all going to still love me? Bet you want me to call Greg Jones back, don't you? But I'm your pastor. And if we never get to the root, you'll never be established in a foundation. And we don't want to live from self-pity party to self-pity party because I've had some self-pity parties and they're not fun. And guess what? Nobody joins them with you. It's the only party you blow your own horn, put your own hat and cry yourself to sleep. You read John 3, 16, have a bottle of Jack Daniels and have your own pity party. <laughs> and not one of you feel sorry for me and that my son has stirred up my servant and gets me to lie in wait as it is this day. Listen to this. 
Self-pity will lead you to compare yourself to someone else. That everything's going good for that person and not for me. Self-pity. Self-pity will cause you to judge by appearance. And cause you to decide their prosperity is not fair. Their life's not fair. It will lead to envy and jealousy and covetousness. Which the scriptures are totally against. It could lead as alcohol and drugs to try to numb the pain of, look what it says here, this is right out of the book, out of their, their perception of unfairness. Listen to the word, listen to the word, perception. The way I see it, though it is not true. I perceive it's not fair. I perceive everybody's against me. I perceive I can't get this. I perceive I can't go forward in life. So I perceive it's unfair, and I'm the rejected person. So what happens to this type of person? They withdraw in a fantasy world of daydream or vivid imagination and go to downward spiral into fantasy, the lust of the world, perversion, debased mind, and fall into the mode of rejection, and the cycle just starts over and over again. Oh, brothers and sisters, it's time for the cycle to be broken. It's time for the cycle to be broken. It's time for the cycle to be broken. He's not redeemed us to go around the desert in circles for 40 years. Never experiencing Canaan, never, ex um, never experienced uh, Beulah land, never experiencing the promised land. Always living, going around in circles. Oh yes, we have the sun by day, the cloud by day, and the sun by night. Yes, we're warm and we're cool. Things are alright, we're comfortable. He feeds us and provides for us. But we never experience what it means to own something ourselves. We're living on borrowed time. Instead of occupying till he comes. Oh, come on, this is truth here tonight. Mm. It was a three-week trip that they caused it to be a 40-year lifestyle. Because they had roots of Egypt that they never allowed to be pulled, and it killed them in the desert. He wants to set us free. Now, I was going to get into some more scriptures. I don't have time tonight, but guess what? There's good news about you're going to win. You're going to win. You're going to win. And I was going to give you some awesome scriptures, and I will next week. You're going to win. But, but, but I, had, I had to get into reality check. Because, uh, you know, we, we can go hyper, and we can stay positive, and we don't have to touch these areas, but yet deep down in the surface, they're growing. And if I want to see total freedom, how much more does he want to see total freedom experienced in your life? Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And I know you don't want your children going through what you went through. I don't want them living in the fear and the dread and the insecurity and the inferior and feeling like I'm never amounted to nothing and everyone else is getting it and I never will. I do not want that to be continued. The cycle stops tonight. And yes, the shield gets heavy. And yes, the armors would be easy to take off. But he wants you to learn how to fight and fight to win. 
And that's what I'm wanting to teach you on Wednesday nights as we get ready to get into restoring the shield of faith and we're getting into roots and I'm sharing these things, the raw and the real. Because look, I was raised in church. And I know it doesn't all, it's not usually, it's not all the time real. And I know there's so much mask and so much conflicts and it's just easy to change from church to church to church. And it's just a rotating cycle, but never really experiencing real victory in one's life. But I know that I know the Holy Spirit has something higher for you. And I know the Holy Spirit has a high life for you. That you don't have to say, what am I missing out on? But you can glorify God that he's given you it all. And I, des- I, I know he wants to give it you all. I know he wants to give you everything that, that his heart desires for you to have and your heart desires for him to have. And I feel the Holy Spirit just keep on telling you, keep seeking, keep knocking, and keep asking. If you want to enjoy the victories and the spoils for tomorrow, prepare it today. If you want to enjoy the victories and the spoils of tomorrow, there will be a war. But through the wisdom and the knowledge you get by seeking, asking, and knocking, there's going to be a knowledge supernaturally given to you to where you're going to find the answers to the situations that's held you down. And you're going to walk out of that bondage into total freedom. And you're going to shout a shout that will make heaven shrink. You're going to shout a shout that will make heaven roar. You're going to shout a shout that's going to make the devils of hell shake because the one they thought they were bringing down has broken loose from all their bondages. Because our God is the God of the break through. David said in 1 Chronicles 14, he says to my enemy, in the same place he defeated Goliath, he had a war of the Philistines that came against him. And he called it the God of the breakthrough. Because the God who broke through through Goliath back then in my younger years is the God who's brought the breakthrough now in my older years. Because my God is always the God of the breakthrough. And he's the El Bazar because he's the God of the breaking forth like the rushing waters. There's nothing that can stand before the river of the Holy Spirit that comes alive on the inside of you and makes a way for you to go out of what the devil has tried to do to stop you. He will not dam up the blessings of God for your life, but he will open up a reservoir to give you everything that your heart desires. Go ahead and stand up and let's just praise him some more. Glory! Woo! Hallelujah! Glory to God. Father, we just pray right now. And Lord, we just want to have the mentality Paul was speaking about, the warrior mentality. Because so many times, Lord, how, we cannot have a warrior mentality when we've lived a civilian life. Ah. All of our life, we've been raised in a civilian atmosphere. Where they're doing the work. We don't have to do the sacrifice. But the, yet the word, the Lord himself, it says, he is a warrior. And so, Lord, I I, I pray that nothing was offensive, but that it was an eye-opener to get another sight of the warriors you want us to become. For we know you said, as in the latter days, the days will be dark. The enemy walks around like a lion and a wolf, seeking whom to destroy. And many times it's not even the, the, the wolf or the lion that's really bringing us down, but it's the roots of the unseen enemy that has not been dealt with in our lives. So we ask you, great God, who said you lead us and guide us into freedom and victory, that you will lead us and you will guide us into this realm of freedom. That when we sing, we sing because we're free. 
And when we pray, there's a freedom in prayer like we could never believe. And, and when we speak the word and we read the word, there's a freedom in the atmosphere. And when we're raising our family and we're doing business as usual on a daily basis. And when we get up in the morning, there's a freedom in the getting up. And yet there's a freedom when we go to bed. There's a freedom going out and there's a freedom coming in. There's a freedom like we know you've desired for us to have. And there's a freedom of our mind, a freedom in our senses, a freedom in our heart to enjoy the abundant life Christ provided. So, Lord, we make a decision tonight that we may have the scars. The kings and daughters of God here tonight may have the scars on their life. But those scars are the results of the wars they have won. May they arise tonight and may they experience the life you desire for them to have. And we thank you for opening the eyes of our understanding. That we don't have to live under the provision and the place of the covenant that you've given us. So we thank you for healing souls and hearts and minds here tonight. Father, you've told me you're getting ready to go to work in a deeper way on the total man, spirit, soul, and body. And you said you're going to work on the total man. And I praise you, you are doing that as we yield to your word and we pray and ask this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Listen, I love you. I bless you. We have our prayer teams ready to minister to you. They'll be here to anoint you with oil. I'll be here. We'll be here to minister to you. We love you. Bless you. Don't forget, we're going to be here Friday night, men. We're going to have an awesome time. And then Sunday morning, 9 o'clock, 1030. We love you. God bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.